This is episode number 74 with the president of Franchise Development for Exponential Fitness, Lance Freeman. Welcome to the Path to Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Wes Barefoot, where it's my mission to help aspiring entrepreneurs and existing business owners take control of their lives and create freedom for themselves through business ownership. Each episode, I'll be exploring the strategies and tactics of other successful entrepreneurs that have created freedom in their own lives while sharing what I'm learning along my own path to freedom. I'm glad you're here. Let's drop in. Hey, what's up, Path to Freedom listeners? I've got an exponential episode for you today. My guest needs no introduction if you're immersed in the world of franchising. He is Lance Freeman, the president of Franchise Development for Exponential Fitness. Exponential Fitness is a curator of leading brands across every vertical in the boutique fitness industry. So what is boutique fitness? Well, tune in because Lance is going to educate us on what boutique fitness really is. But think Pilates, think bar, cycling, rowing, dance, yoga, running, boxing, even stretching. So Exponential Fitness is the parent company of what is very recently now 10 different franchise brands all in this boutique fitness space where each brand specializes in a specific modality. So Lance goes into a lot of detail about how Exponential has evolved into the behemoth that it is in the fitness sector of franchising. He also talks about the many advantages that all of their franchisees across these 10 brands share because they're part of this larger Exponential family of brands. So it's a great episode. If you have any interest in the fitness sector within franchising, you absolutely need to tune in because if I'm looking at a fitness franchise, I'm definitely looking at Exponential, knowing everything I know, seeing all of the different brands out there. Even if you never thought to yourself, hey, I'd like to own a, a fitness franchise or in particularly a boutique fitness franchise, definitely an episode worth tuning into. Lance addresses some very common misconceptions in terms of, you know, who makes a good franchise owner for this type of business, who Exponential Fitness is looking for in their franchise owners. Uh, spoiler alert, you don't have to wear yoga pants. You don't have to uh, be passionate about yoga or Pilates or cycling necessarily to be a franchise owner with any of the Exponential Fitness brands. So tons of good information here. The other topic Lance hits on is why would someone in late 2021 even want to consider investing in a fitness business coming off of COVID and the pandemic? And as we all know, so many uh, fitness businesses were shut down during, during the pandemic. So Lance shares some really brilliant insight in terms of you know why there's so much opportunity in the fitness segment in particularly why investing in one of Exponential Fitness brands could make a lot of sense. So tune in, 
hear everything Lance has to share. It's a fantastic episode. With that, let's go ahead and drop in with Lance Freeman of Exponential Fitness. Before we drop into the episode, a quick message from our sponsor, 919 Marketing. I've worked with 919 Marketing for years, and there's no one I trust more with my marketing needs in any of our businesses. I've worked with them in our franchise businesses, in my consulting business. I've worked with them on the franchisor side, and I love working with 919 because they take the time to listen. They take the time to understand what it is I'm looking to accomplish through my marketing, who I'm trying to reach, and then they help me put a plan together to do just that. I've worked with tons of marketing companies over the years, and too often, it's a one-size-fits-all approach, but not with 919 Marketing. In addition to that, they've developed some amazing technology called 919 Insights, franchising's first and only AI-powered analytics platform. With 919 Insights in place, 919 Marketing can identify the exact topics that matter to your franchise candidates and provide the specific roadmap to help your brand become the highest ranking and most trusted resource when they're searching for answers. So if you're ready to start getting better results from your marketing, and if you want a free demo of 919 Insights, reach out to Graham Chapman at 919-459-8157 or send them an email at gchapman at 919marketing.com to schedule your free demo today. So whether you're a franchisor, a franchisee, or just getting started in your first franchise business, make sure to check out 919 Marketing and tell them West Barefoot sent you. Now, let's drop into the episode. All right, well, I'm joined today by the man, the myth, the legend, Lance Freeman. Lance, thanks so much for dropping in on the Path to Freedom podcast. How are you? <laughs> Uh, I'm great. Thanks for having me, Wes. I really appreciate it. Uh, legend makes me feel old. I'm turning 51 tomorrow. So uh, you, you just uh, threw another dagger in there. <laughs> well, hey, that was not intentional. But for anyone watching this, you don't look 51. So so you're doing well. And and maybe that's, uh, you know, in part because of uh, the work that you do. So you're the president of franchise development for Exponential Fitness. Um, for those listening that may not be familiar with exponential fitness and everything that falls under kind of the exponential fitness umbrella you know share with us a little bit about who exponential fitness is and also what your role with the company is oh i appreciate that so um exponential is really the largest boutique fitness platform really uh, in the world today it's, and it's interesting because as you mentioned not everybody's familiar with the the parent company exponential uh, it's now being marketed more than it was previously because now Exponential actually is, is a publicly traded company. So yeah. um, you can find us on the, on the NASDAQ. But um, most people are probably more familiar with our brands. And you know, we've got 10 of those brands and they're all in, in kind of in, in different life cycles at this, some, you know, at this point. Some uh, at a very mature state like, like a Club Pilates where we've, we have just under a thousand licenses awarded, almost 700 studios open today, yeah. um, which is a really mature concept to like, you know, a brand new concept where we've just, you know, purchased a, a, a new brand called Body Fit Training, which we're literally just at the inception of our national rollout of that one. So, and then of course we have, you know, a lot in between, but I think, you know, the essence of Exponential is, is to really bring, bring fitness and make it accessible to everyone is really kind of our, 
you know, our, our origin, because you take again, Club Pilates, you know, kind of the origins of that brand. Pilates used to be kind of noted as this kind of uh, snobby Pilates, it was called, because there was yeah. a stigma around. It was only for, you know, it's very exclusive. And so we want to make, you know, we're, we drive all of our brands to be inclusive for everyone and really make it accessible. A lot like Massage Envy did for Retail Massage, you know, 20 years ago. And, and so we've really developed a distribution channel to bring these modalities to market and win uh, really through a sales and marketing engine largely is how we kind of drive that process. And then, you know, the experiential side of the, the brand is why people are flocking to boutique fitness today. Um, but we've got 10 brands today. Um, that's not indicative of the, the, the X, although it, it kind of, it fits for now. For now, <laughs> we, right? Yeah, we will, we will have more uh, as we'll probably acquire more. But um, we like to stay in what I call um, kind of core, core, more core modalities or verticals, if you will, okay. like yoga, Pilates, you know, um, indoor cycling, or people would prefer to it as, as spinning, mm -hmm. you know, um, but we haven't kind of gone into, uh, I, I heard there's a, a certain type of, uh, I think it's go, go to Lotties, you know, so Pilates with goats, <laughs> uh, literally, so we're not going to see, I've seen videos. It's wild. Apparently so it's a gonna, thing though. Yeah, I guess so. But we don't feel like that's really scalable <laughs> in every market in the country. And so, you know, that's we're not going to go to those links. So if it makes sense and really fits our portfolio, like our recent brand that we just added, you know, is uh, in a strength training, uh, you know, kind of mm -hmm. modality. And that makes sense for us. You know, we have a boxing brand, which makes sense for us. So um, a bar brand, you know, we wanted to be we knew bar was we, we consider their to be really what we call the core four, which and then the others are kind of more emerging verticals, but the core were, you know, yoga, Pilates, uh, spinning, and then bar. And mm -hmm. so, you know, when Anthony was out on the hunt, you know, Anthony's philosophy is always, Anthony's our CEO and our majority shareholder. And his philosophy is always, you know, either wanted to be first to market or really be kind of the biggest and the best, you know, in that, in that modality. And in bar, it was a little more established. So there was really only one brand and that was that we wanted, which was, it was pure bar. And so we went out and bought that brand and that was been a, has been a great acquisition for us as well. So, I mean, today we've got um, about 30, I think it's 3,600 licenses awarded globally. We're in 14 wow. countries, 2,000, uh, just short of 2,000 stores open domestically and, and continuing to grow. So it's pretty exciting times for us. Very exciting. And, and for perspective, for anyone out there listening, that's massive, right? I mean, 10 brands, 3,600 franchise licenses awarded i think you said 14 countries i mean that's a that's a massive footprint and a lot of infrastructure to go with that so you know quickly if you don't mind i know it's it's too much to to go into a whole lot of detail with each brand but but kind of quickly just run us through what are the 10 brands because in all likelihood a lot of the audience will recognize some of the brands some of them you know as you mentioned are at uh earlier phases of their life cycle yeah. But, but kind of run us through what the 10 brands are quickly, if you don't mind. Yeah, I'm happy to. It, it's, it's, it's funny because they're, they're almost like kids to me. You know, you start having a few and you start, you start forgetting names. <laughs> so, yeah, we're, we're yeah, going to put your go. memory to the test here. See if you can just, remember all 10 on the fly. Yeah, I'm getting, you know, I'm getting older. So, you know, I kind of, I, I go and I go at it uh, from birth order is, is how I okay. look at it. So, you know, Club Plice was the first. Uh, and then our first acquisition was actually Cycle Bar. Okay. Pretty, pretty big brand today, uh, you know, 250 stores open, about 500 licenses awarded. A lot of people are familiar with that one. Mm -hmm. um, our third acquisition was actually Stretch Lab, which is really a, a neat modality for us. Um, not quite fitness, but definitely in the health and wellness category, very complementary to all of our other modalities and exploding space. Again, I kind of relate it to massage 
the massage category, you know, 20 years ago, as you're seeing mm -hmm. the same thing happening, happening in the dedicated stretch category. Yep. Our fourth brand was uh, Row House, which is a dedicated rowing uh, concept uh, with some core work in there. Uh, after that, uh, we acquired Yoga 6. Again, um, yoga, you know, needs no explanation. People know, know what that is. Uh, we acquired a, a, a concept called AKT Dance, which is a, a dance hit concept, first of its kind, um, in, in the category, really first mover, uh, in that segment. And then we made the big, you know, pure bar acquisition, which was a great, um, add, you know, to our, our portfolio brands. We added a, um, actually, uh, 2019, probably that one of the hottest, hottest, um, kind of, uh, indoor workouts was, uh, basically running a, a running mm -hmm. brand. And so we added stride, which is a running brand. Uh, you can kind of tell we're all in these core, core modalities that have been around, you know, forever. Uh, after Stride, we acquired a beast of a brand called Rumble. Uh, it's a it's a boxing concept, and it was based out of New York. Uh, had locations in New York, LA, Chicago, DC, Philly. Uh, kind of some major DMAs that uh, we're scaling that one nationally now. And then our most recent acquisition, just a little over a month ago, is uh, we purchased Body Fit Training, a brand actually out of Australia, kind of a major competitor to an F45. Mm -hmm. And it is, it is kind of a, a strength and, and core training uh, concept. And that rounds out our, our 10 modalities. Did I, unless I forgot one. <laughs> I, I was counting. That's that's 10. So okay. good job. You, you passed the test on that. But no, I wanted I wanted to give the audience, uh, you know, kind of uh, some perspective of the scope of, of everything that exponential includes and and you referenced this earlier in all likelihood you know you guys will go on to acquire other brands assuming that it kind of fits with your your core mission that you have at exponential and and you mentioned a term earlier boutique fitness right so you know some people may wonder you know why have all these different brands that specialize in you know one form of training versus you know, just kind of having like an open gym concept where people can come in and, you know, they can do the cycling, they can do the boxing, they can do a little bit of all of it. Yeah, it's a great question. So it's funny because someone asked me this yesterday on, on a webinar and they thought it was kind of a new movement. And I said, this movement's been happening for over a decade and we've mm -hmm. been you know, tracking it. Um, Boutique Fitness has been growing at a rate of 450% year over year for the last beyond beyond a decade at this point wow. and it has absolutely been killing what i kind of call the transactional box gym and so there's a lot of kind of research companies that have done you know market research to see why that movement's happening in that and and then and continue to look at that trend as it continues to grow and the the number one well the three things that came out of that research were number one people wanted to have fun that was kind of the number one thing and that's why they were flocking to boutique fitness they wanted a sense of community and they wanted basically results. And so they were getting those three things in, in that order more out of the boutique environment than they were out of kind of that, that box gym where mm -hmm. that model is really, you know, sign a, sign a, you know, a, a membership up and then hope they don't come where in our model <laughs> is, you know, we want our members to come. We want them to be engaged. We want them to be a part of the community. We want them to get great results. And so it's, it's, a, it's really 180 degrees from the, what kind of the, the box gym drives. Um, what we started to realize as we started to, you know, kind of birth exponential is that our members really like to what we call snack and cheat, you know, so they, they like to gotcha. be able to, you know, engage in different workouts. Uh, they like the variety. And so we kind of really set out to really, really control market share and really be able to give our members an opportunity 
to access all of our brands and any any of those again core modalities through one membership. And yeah. so we developed what we call this XPass uh, membership, and it's it's an application that you can you can get on your phone, you can get it on the, on the internet. Um, but it basically allows our members to again buy one kind of universal membership, if you will, and access any of our ten brands today in, in the market that they live in. And it's a real game changer because um, for a number of reasons, one, it, it makes our brands you know, stickier, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, it really allows our our brands to retain our members at a higher level because they can kind of stack and cheap, but still keep their home based membership. It also gives us a big competitive advantage in the marketplace too. If you have a potential member that's considering one of our modalities and a competitor, but they have the opportunity to again become an exponential member and engage in all of our brands, you know, it's it's a it's a really winning play for us. So um, that's that was kind of the idea around really being able to not only really control market share, but we knew that, you know, this members engaging in boutique fitness today had three to four memberships that they were already paying for. So why not try to keep that all within the same family of brands is was our, was our mission. Um, today, you know, what we've been able to do is, you know, be able to you know, buy competitors out, you know, or, you know, those types of things. Um, we don't, gloat in this, but it is a, it is a fact that, you know, 19% of our, our competition didn't make it out of 2020. So yeah. now there's a lot of displaced members, a lot of displaced labor pool that are now looking for a new home. And we're on the, on the receiving end of that because we didn't have any permanent closures in our business, uh, which was a pretty neat you know, feat in itself because of the support that we were able to provide. So that's really kind of, I, I think how it's all evolved and, you know, you're, we're seeing that movement continue now more so than ever, I, I think, kind of, you know, as we kind of continue through this this period, um, as people are realizing they need to get healthy, you know, and, yeah. and so we're starting to see uh, new segments coming into our business as memberships that we never we never saw, you know, pre-COVID even so. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. And I appreciate you kind of taking us through that because, you know, boutique fitness has been, you know, an emerging trend for quite some time now. I think, you know, what you guys at Exponential are doing that's so special is, is how you're packaging all of these amazing brands together. Because, you know, I've, I've heard you guys talk on webinars and, and, you know, I'm familiar with your brands. And and so I get to see this, but I mean, I've heard you explain it this way. You know, you've got, what'd you say, 3,600 licenses out there. You've got basically 3,600 of the same business out there. Uh, You're just providing different services at each location across these 10 brands. And I think that's an important thing for the, the audience to understand and for anyone that, you know, may be interested in getting into to this type of business because the support and the resources that you're able to provide through Exponential Fitness to any of these 3,600 uh, 3, franchise owners or, or licenses that you have, it's, it's far and beyond anything that, you know, the next biggest competitor in, in any one of these single modalities may be able to bring. And so even though you've got brands at all different life cycles with a you know wide variety of number of franchise owners per brand, um, the, the support's basically the same. And you guys have really gotten that dialed in. Everything from, you know, how to help a franchise owner get open quickly, how to help them find the right location and and do the build out they need to do from the the marketing and the pre-sales. So, I mean, maybe maybe share with us a little bit more kind of what that support piece looks like for an exponential franchise owner uh, or an owner of one of your brands. 
And also, I want to revisit, you know, what you mentioned earlier, which is you guys had no permanent closures during COVID, which is amazing, given the fact that uh, the fitness industry was hit harder than just about any other industry out there. So I think that's worth, you know, having you maybe speak a little bit more too in terms of how you guys were able to, to help support your franchise owners through those very uncertain times. I appreciate that. There's, there's a lot there, you know, that you're, we're talking about, but I, I think it's interesting because I hear this a lot from people that first of all, will say, Oh, you know, boutique fitness. Uh, it seems like it's really crowded. There's one of these things on every corner. And I'd make the argument that I always say we're really early in this <laughs> because I mean, if you really look at nationally franchised, you know, business models that have over a hundred doors open, there's literally about a handful of them outside of the ones that we own, yeah. literally. And, and so we're pretty early in this. So our competition today is largely independent. And again, not to throw shade on that, but you know, it, you'd understand the, they just they have a very difficult time competing with a, a franchised business. So yeah, um, that's that's very powerful. You know, when I when I kind of look at you know, our opportunity, and I think another misconception is that a lot of our you know franchise partners were you know, the business owners before they came into our system uh, or they, you know, were already franchisees in another system, you know, not the case. I mean, a high percentage of our franchisees, it's their first time getting into, into business with us. But the way I kind of look at it and you kind of hit the nail on the head, it's, I always say, you know, we didn't create yoga. <laughs> we didn't create Pilates, you know, I'd love to say we did, but we didn't, you know, yeah. we didn't create any of the modalities that we're in. But what we've really been able to do is really build this superior really operating platform and really a sales and marketing distribution channel yeah. to bring our brands to market, bring this experience to life and win. And, and that's, that's really what it's about. I always like to use the analogies, you know, Starbucks didn't create coffee, you know, and I don't, you might make a pretty good argument that their coffee isn't better than some other, you know, coffee shops, yeah. but they're winning because of the experience they drive in the market. And because they have a lot of the pieces of the puzzle that, I'll speak to same when I look at say Chick-fil-A versus KFC, you know, is it the chicken? I don't think so. I mean, I, I think it's the experience there that differentiates the difference, those differences of those models. Yeah. Um, so I can go on and on about that, but I think that's what we're able to do. And so we're kind of, I mean, at its core, a sales and marketing engine masked as a fitness company. So not to say that we can take any modality and, and win with it. Obviously, you gathered we're in really uh, substantial modalities that we believe that are we can really build into legacy brands that are going to stand the test of time that are 20 plus year brands. But, you know, I, it, it really does come down to how we how we drive the business, how we support our franchisees. I think our support philosophy, again, this is not to speak to how others do it, but I do think ours is, is a is very different on, an, on a few levels. I would say the philosophy is I'll give you an example. In franchising, most I think most franchisers want to stay as far away from telling their franchisees who they should hire or even helping them with that because they view that as a liability. Because God mm -hmm. forbid, you know, they told someone that they recommended that they hire somebody and it didn't work out, then they feel like it's on them. Yeah. So our philosophy is exactly the opposite. We would much rather take on that liability, actually drive the entire recruiting process for our, our franchisee. And even tell them who we recommend that they hire and help them with that interviewing process because we've hired over 15,000 instructors in our business model. We've done it a few times, you know, yeah, so not your first rodeo. That's right. So the, the, this is their first time doing this. So we want to set them up for success. 
we would much rather do that than take on the liability of just kind of leaving them on their own and hoping they figure it out. Yeah. So we do that with really every aspect of the business uh, from real estate to marketing, to hiring, to really driving the sales piece in, in the business to retail. We really provide a tremendous amount of support and our, you know, we just, we, we look at the relationship with our franchise partners as a, you hear me talk about partner. we really do look at it as a partner partnership. We share in their success and we're successful together in this equation. So it behooves us to pour as much support into those, those franchisees to help them be as successful as possible, because again, we all win in that equation. So that's really the philosophy that we take. And I think that's why to your question around, you know, COVID, why we're in retail and we were able to get through that really tough period without any closing any stores permanently, which we're really proud of that um, because, you know, you know, it was a tough time in retail. You, you heard it in the media. What, one of the interesting things for me, though, just looking at it, and I'll talk to the support piece, but again, I think the narrative, especially in the media, was that, you know, in-person fitness is, was, was dead. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, the, the digital, digital and at home is where it was at. And uh, that it wasn't going to come back. And I just, you know, I've been in, in fitness and franchising for 25 years, gone through 08. And so I was just baffled at, at that narrative because it's one of the most recession resistant spaces there is to be candid. And I would also say that I could, we could tell you our members wanted to come. They were crying to come. You know, it was just the restrictions that were imposed on us in, in various states that didn't allow our members to come. Yep. Once we were able to open the doors up and let them attend, they came back, you know, in, in, in flocks and groves. So that's been the exciting thing to see from that standpoint. But really, you know, when, when COVID happened, you know, it, there was, there was some, a lot of hard work. There was a lot, there was a little luck in there, but you know, at the same time, I think the, again, from a philosophy standpoint, our CEO decided really made the, the, the decision to stand up and fight, you know, forward mm -hmm. with our franchise yeah. partners. A lot of, I think, you know, franchisors took safe Harbor and kind of waited out the storm, if you will, while we said, you know what, we're going to, we're going to turn our support center into a command center here. There you go. We're going to turn our finance team into a PPP, you know, department. We're going to yep. turn our real estate team, you know, into a department that's going to go out and make sure that everyone, not one of our franchisees is going to be paying rent, you know, right now, if their, their physical doors are closed. Yep. So we work with all of our REITs. Um, we literally had a hundred, what we call a hundred percent hit rate, meaning we worked with every single landlord REIT in, you know, in, in the country to make sure that our, our franchisees were either getting rental abatement, you know, um, uh, uh, deferred rent or whatever it was. So they didn't have to pay rent in that period. We made sure that they 98% of them got PPP money, uh, which was, was huge. Yeah. And again, a little, a little luck, but also a little bit of, of, you know, of our resources. We had a product, a digital product that was already in the works called our, on, our online uh, on-go demand uh, product, which um, was slated to be released you know, in Q2. So we moved, moved that up aggressively so that when you know, the lockdowns hit and basically we were forced to close our physical doors at nine o'clock on one night, we reopened in the digital world at you know 5 a.m. the next morning in every market in the country. Um, that really allowed. So what we did is we offered that that on-demand digital platform to all of our members for all at that time you know eight of our brands um, for free if they mm -hmm. kept their draft on. So that allowed us to keep 65, 70 percent of the drafts on while our franchisees were not paying rent or payroll, which kept their free cash flow as good or better if they had the doors yeah. open. Yeah. And that allowed us to really get through that period and, and really support them. Now, 
you know, you know, full transparency. It wasn't you know, without a lot of therapy sessions, and, and you know, it was a scary time for a lot of our partners. Sure. But you know, um, we worked with them to get through those periods, and and again, a lot of most of them all stood up and fought with us, which really they're happy that they did so now because uh, it's a different ball game today. Yeah, well, that for everyone listening is a perfect example of exactly what you should be looking for in a franchisor. Um, I mean, I like the way you put it is, you know, you guys decided you're going to turn your your headquarters into a command center and stand up and fight for and and with your franchise owners. And I mean, we own franchise businesses, right? I mean, COVID was was a scary time for any business owner. I can't tell you how thankful, you know, we were that we were part of good franchise organizations while we were going through all of that, right? That we weren't having to try to navigate it all completely on our own. And we just had other people that we could talk to and, and share what we were figuring out, learn what they were figuring out, you know, work with the franchise or, you know, you just didn't feel like you were in it alone, right? Was it ideal? Of course not, right? Do we want to go back there? No, but just, I think really, really shows the value of being part of a great franchise organization. And I mean, I've heard so many examples of, you know, how exponential went above and beyond for their franchisees during this time. And, and that's, that's what you want in a franchise or I'll also validate something else you shared earlier. So my wife has been a club Pilates member for probably five years now. Um, she loves it. Right. So everything you said about, you know, why boutique fitness is, is been a trend for so long and a growing trend. Um, I've seen that with her. She loves the the community. I mean, she's got her favorite instructors and she knows, you know, when they're teaching. So she tries to get into a routine. You know, she was able to take advantage of the online platform, you know, during COVID while our local location was shut down. But she absolutely could not wait to get back in the actual studio. And I think she was literally there the first day they were able to, to reopen. So um, just wanted to, to kind of validate that through, through personal experience. I've tried to go to club Pilates a few times. They, they won't let me in for some reason. Um, they say <laughs> I look creepy in, in yoga pants. I don't know, but, um, yeah, so anyways, uh, I, I, I'm glad you took a few minutes to kind of walk us through that because that's huge. And, and I share with, you know, candidates that I'm working with right now, we're recording this in early November, 2021, I share with candidates, I'm like, look, this is one of the best times you could ever research franchises, right? Because unfortunately, there are a lot of franchisors out there that didn't, you know, rise to the occasion the way Exponential did. They did kind of bury their head in the sand or, or try to distance themselves, or they just didn't step up and lead. They didn't know what to do. And so they kind of just left their franchisees out there to figure it out. You know, as you're going through a research process with a franchise, you're going to get to talk to franchise owners and they're going to share with you, you know, how their franchisor helped them uh, navigate, you know, this pandemic that we all went through. And so I think for that reason alone, it's a, it's a beautiful time to actually be looking at franchises because, you know, how good of insight is that to have, to be able to talk to someone that, you know, just went through a pandemic as a small business owner and they can share with you, you know, what their franchisor did or didn't do to, to help them through that. Um, and then for all the reasons that you've already mentioned, you know, I think there's a lot of exciting reasons why, you know, the boutique fitness space in particularly now's, now's an amazing time um, to, to be looking at it. As you said, you're kind of seeing a resurgence. In addition to that, you're seeing a lot of new members signing up that, that weren't members and probably weren't considering it pre-COVID. So it's kind of the perfect storm, if you will, for 
um, you know, getting into to this business with the right franchise organization. Wes here. You may have noticed there's a franchising theme to this podcast, and that's because franchising's had a massive impact on my life, and it's the very reason I'm walking my own path to freedom. In fact, one of my companies is a franchise consulting company where I work with people to help them understand franchising and determine if it might be a good fit for them. And if it is something they want to explore, then I help them navigate the entire investigative process and ultimately find a franchise business that's a great match for them. You know, the fact of the matter is there are thousands and thousands of franchise businesses out there today. And like anything, there are good ones and there are bad ones. Even out of the many, many great franchise companies, not every one of them would necessarily be a good fit for you. You know, buying a franchise is a huge decision and you don't want to wing it. I've helped many people buy franchise businesses over the years and my wife and I have bought and own franchises today and we plan to keep investing in franchise businesses. I love helping people understand this process and help them find a business that's going to be a great fit for them and help them accomplish their goals and ultimately create that freedom in their life that we're all looking for. The best part of all of this is that my services are free to the people I work with. And while I do love to contribute to charities and other great causes, I'm not a nonprofit. I'm compensated by the franchise companies I work with when I introduce them to someone that ends up becoming one of their franchisees. It's very similar to real estate, but with franchises. I have the privilege of working with hundreds and hundreds of the best franchise companies out there across practically every industry. So I can be absolutely confident that when I recommend someone to look at a franchise company, I'm introducing them to a very credible and proven company with a solid business model and great support. So if you think you might be interested in learning more about franchising and seeing if it might be right for you, I'd love to speak with you. Get in touch with me by email at wes at path2freedom.com, path, the number two, frdm.com. And also check out my website at pathtofreedom.com, spelled the same way, where I've got a ton of resources, both franchise and non-franchise related, that will help you start down your own path to freedom. And of course, subscribe to and follow the podcast for more great advice about business ownership. And if you know anyone else that might be interested in speaking with me, please share this podcast with them. Thanks for listening to my shameless plug. Now let's drop back into the episode. So let's let's shift gears a little bit and talk about I mean, who should be considering, you know, franchise ownership with one of your brands? I mean, do you have to be passionate about yoga or Pilates? I mean, what is kind of the role of the franchise owner look like? How are they spending their time? And and what do you guys at Exponential really look for in your franchise owners? That's a great question because I think there's a lot of misconceptions there. You know, I think um, sometimes I've had people ask me actually, so do, you know, do I need to teach class? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. God, no, we don't want you teaching class. You know, I don't want you. In fact, I don't want you teaching class. I don't want you answering the phones. I don't yeah. want you wiping down the equipment. It's really, I don't want you anywhere near the day-to-day operations, to, you know, to be frank. And so, um, no, it's a great question uh, in terms of, you know, it's when I look at our ownership group, you know, we've got over a thousand franchisees in our system. Most, in fact, my average exponential franchisee owns 3.2 units in our 
in our family. So most okay. are um, what we call area developers, developing multiple locations over time and, and scaling the business. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I kind of think about the, you know, the backgrounds of our partners, it's, it's pretty diverse. You know, we've got everything from moms to, you know, corporate refugees, we'll call them, you know, mm-hmm. executives that have, have had illustrious careers in corporate America decided to really move on to something else, but not have to buy themselves a job. Yeah. Um, and so we've got executives, moms, we, we've got, you know, everything from, a, a, again, some business owners from other systems, um, which is always flattering when you've got uh, franchisees from other systems that, that know a little bit more about franchising and find our system attractive and to, sure. um, you know, even professional athletes join our system. So it's pretty diverse. I'd say more than anything, just I mean, a lot of executives um, that, again, are looking for a path to really build build income, maybe even replace the income that they're used to in corporate America, but, but create a lifestyle for themselves where they don't have to, again, work the 60 to 80 hour work weeks. And not only you know build a, a substantial income that replaces that and then some, but also build equity in something that's worth something in the end. So yeah. kind of you know make, make that money for yourself, if you will. As we've got so many su- successful executives that have made a bunch of money for other people, and then said, you know, now I'm going to do it, do this for myself, and and have have gone, you know, joined our system. Um, I think one of the you, I'm sure you coach your candidates on this every day, probably all day long. But I always think there's kind of a couple directions you can go when you're looking at, at, at franchise businesses, all I know, the only lane I've been in is what I call executive uh, semi-absentee businesses. And I always say, if you're looking at semi-absentee, you're for the most part looking at retail, you know? And so, yep. um, so that's kind of our, our business model is really driven around um, an executive owner. Um, in fact, that's the owner that we really want in our system. Um, in fact, we've even gone to links of putting into our FDD that we, you cannot really manage the business yourself. <laughs> um, you have to hire a GM. And why we've done that is because we looked at our, our, our best performers, our, our top 30% of our system run what we call the GM play, which means they hire a general manager to manage their, you know, their, their team of, of employees, which is not very employee intensive in our business model. But yeah. to your question about what our owner should really be doing is really managing the manager and managing the business by the KPIs or the key performance indicators of the numbers, if you will. That's really it. You know, we don't want them in the day-to-day operations. We want them to be a leader in their business. We want them focused on really, you know, growing their business. Mm-hmm. I always like to say we, from an old book uh, called the E-Myth, we don't want you baking pies. So don't yeah. become, you know, don't become the technician um, and, you know, be the micromanager. Don't, don't, don't drive your employees crazy. You know, we want you to be a leader empowered by this business model be able to scale the business and, and you know, and, and grow it. Um, so that's ultimately what we're looking for in our system. We're not looking for someone that uh, wants to be an instructor and buy themselves a job. And, you know, like I said, a 60 hour work week and an owner operator model, that is really not our, our business model. So um, yeah, that's kind of the, 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 I would say in a nutshell. Now, you know, do we have some of those legacy owners in there, like in, in Pure Bar? Sure, you know, yeah. but by and large, the majority of our systems are, again, a lot, a lot like probably, you know, candidates that you're working with or that are executives that are looking for an opportunity. It's, it's interesting because a lot of people don't think boutique fitness initially when they're thinking about, Hey, what would I do if I got into franchising? They think food or some other spaces, um, you know, and we sometimes kind of start out in the last place. I always say in terms of, you know, some of the concepts that people are looking at when they start to kind of look at the business from an executive standpoint that you, the, the margins are, 
the margins are, are better than most in retail. I will say it that way mm -hmm. because of our labor model. Um, you take, we've been talking a little bit about Pilates. You know, it's a, one instructor to 12 members is the ratio of labor to, to member, you know? Yeah. So that's why the, the, the labor model is, is great because you don't have a lot of employees in the business. I mean, at any given time, you have a manager, an instructor, and a front desk, you know, employee, and that's it. Yeah. Uh, so it's a beauty. Yeah, it's a pretty simple business model. You don't deal with collections. You don't deal with shrinkage. You don't deal with spoilage. Um, and what I love probably most about it is it's membership based. You know, I, I always kind of kid that uh, uh, I'll never do anything else that's not membership based because I just think it's it's gold. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, look, I, I, I'll buy that, right? Because the businesses we own are, are not recurring revenue businesses. And, you know, you can have a record month, like just absolutely knock it out of the park one month. And then guess what, though? first day of the next month, you start at zero and you, you start building it back up again. And, and there, you know, there's pros and cons, but absolutely a, a good recurring membership-based revenue model. Uh, I love that you highlighted a couple of things in all of that. One, uh, the labor model, right? I mean, it is great when you've got one employee that's in front of, you know, using the Club Pilates examples, 12 paying customers at, at one given time. Those are great ratios. Um, I think it's smart that you guys, you know, have have actually built it into your agreement that as the franchise owner, you can't be the manager, right? Because you're kind of forcing some people to not fall into that pitfall that that so many small business owners fall into, which is just becoming the bottleneck. And, you know, you, you're exactly right. I have this conversation with candidates all the time, you know, especially right now, there's a lot of people that are, are really attracted to the idea of semi-absentee ownership and, and for good reason. And, and I, I kind of tell them, like, look, certain businesses are actually designed for, you know, people that want to do exactly what you're wanting to do. In fact, they don't really want someone that wants to be in the business full time. And they always kind of look at me like, are you just saying that because you think it's what I want to hear? And I'm like, no, there, there are opportunities that are literally designed for, for you, <laughs> like with you in mind. And, yeah. and so I think you dispelled a few of the misconceptions that I know I run into pretty often. Um, you know, talking about these types of opportunities. And I think you made it clear that, you know, you've got a very wide range of franchise owners and, and you don't have to have prior experience in, in fitness in, in any form or fashion um, to, to be successful. So um, right. talk to me a little bit about what are you guys seeing? I know you mentioned that, that kind of 3.2 uh, units, I think you said is the average. Um, are, are you seeing, you know, over the last several years, are you seeing more of your existing owners continue to come back and, and decide that they want to add more units? Are you seeing an increase in, in interest for owners with one brand, you know, maybe wanting to get involved in another of the brands? Because to me, that's another part of what makes Exponential so interesting is this opportunity to kind of, you know, grow through different verticals under the same, same umbrella. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, Yes, we're seeing a lot of that. In fact, I mean, just literally today, I probably had three instances where I had existing franchisees that reached out to us that are looking to, to buy into either more territory in, in the current brand that they're in or in one of our new modalities that we've just you know rolled out uh, or that we've brought to them. Um, I know I have to be a little careful now that we're a publicly traded company and, talk, and talking about the number of units that we awarded. But I, maybe I can say this just as an example. Last month, about 20% 
of the unit, the total units that we awarded um, were to existing franchisees buying more territory. Wow. So yeah. I would say that's a really good sign because people don't usually want to do more of something that isn't good. So sure. we're, you know, we're definitely seeing you know a lot of that. Um, that was one of, uh, again, some of, of the part of why we kind of birthed exponential because we saw what Orange Theory did. We tip our hat to them. They did a great job with their brand, but they're completely sold out and their mm -hmm. franchisees really didn't have any diversification opportunities or growth opportunities once those markets were sold out. So what's great, we've seen franchisees start with one or, th or three units that now have over 30 units um, across. You know, that's over a combination of multiple modalities they have multiple units and multiple brands yep. continue to grow and that's really exciting to see that kind of growth with some of these franchisees becoming and these are corporate executives that are now you know true what i would consider to be real empire builders when you're at mm -hmm. that level Definitely. Uh, continue, continuing to acquire and grow and, and taking on some you know some some additional um you know like private equity money or whatever it is to to to, to grow bigger it's, it's pretty neat to see that but um we see a lot of that and i i think Probably more so than a lot of businesses, one, because we have access to it with all the brands, but you made a really good point that it's not a steep learning curve going from one of our modalities to the next because the CRM system is the same. The sales and marketing you know, play that we're running, the blocking and tapping that we're doing is essentially the same. So it's really an easy adaptation for a franchisee to, to do a diversification and expansion play with us. Not to mention the fact that they're leveraging their own existing business through XPass again, because um, all tides really rise with this XPass opportunity. It's kind of an interesting phenomenon. I think sometimes people think that we're going to cannibalize ourselves by buying more brands or bringing more fitness into the market. But I try to always use the analogy like, you know, if you're an auto dealer, do you want to be on one end of town where there's no other dealerships anywhere near you and within a five mile radius? Or do you want to be uh, a dealership in the middle of the auto mall where there's every make and model within a half mile radius of that of that location? Yeah, it's and you a good the analogy. Answer, right? You yeah. want to be in the auto mall because absolutely every, everybody's going there to buy a car. Yeah, and that's where they're headed. Our, it's the same in our world. So you're really seeing kind of fitness rows develop now, and landlords are coming to us saying, "Hey, I've got ten thousand square feet. I'd like to chop it up, you know, into two thousand square foot parcels and put five of your brands in there. What do you got? And then away we go." So it's been a really neat opportunity uh, from a real estate play as well that we're seeing that. And what we've been monitoring is that we're seeing our, our unit volumes increase where we've got more of our brands in the trade area. So it's been a real positive. Yeah, that's that's interesting. And I, I mean, the fact that that you've got landlords coming to you proactively, I mean, that speaks volumes. You know, you and I were chatting a little bit offline. There's there's a great guy I worked with earlier this year that, um, you know, is in the process of opening a stretch lab. And I was catching up with him the other week and and the the center that uh, he signed a lease for for his location. I believe there's two other exponential brands already in there. I think a cycle bar and, and maybe a yoga six. I may be misremembering, but, um, you know, kind of a testament to, to exactly what you were just saying. So yeah, I think there there's so much synergy between what you've built with with exponential and and just all the opportunities that are there. I mean, the the same guy with Stretch Lab. I remember having conversations with him, and and he was kind of torn between Stretch Lab and like another brand that was a totally different business model and a totally different sector, right? And I remember asking him the question at one point. I said, "Look, I think you could be successful with either of these." I think the question you really need to sit down and ask yourself is, what is your long-term vision? 
Is your long-term vision to to go out and build an empire for yourself or, you know, just to invest in a business, maybe mitigate your risk a little bit in terms of the capital that you're going to have to to put out to start this other franchise and, and, you know, do okay with it, you know, make a a good income from this one franchise. And and I think that was kind of the light bulb moment for him because he really started, you know, seeing all the potential doors that could open for him once he was part of the exponential system, right? Opportunity to grow through adding more units of the same brand, opportunity to grow through uh, adding units for additional brands and just all, all the synergy that's created. So it's, it's really something unique, you know, in franchising that you guys are building. And, and uh, I think creates a lot of, a lot of opportunity for a lot of people that probably out there are not thinking to themselves, you know, Hey, I should own a, a boutique fitness franchise. So that's a big part of why I wanted you to come on was just help to, you know, dispel some of the, the misconceptions that we know um, are out there. Um, so a couple of quick things, and then we'll, we'll wrap this up. One, is this the type of franchise that someone can start while they, while they keep their job? You know, if they have a good career, good income, you know, they like the, the benefits that they have, no reason to, to walk away from it. Is this the type of model that they could realistically, you know, get up and running while they keep their job? 100%. Sorry. I was, I was chuckling because I was just thinking uh, a, a conversation I had yesterday with somebody, a gentleman, and he said, he said, you know, hey, Lance, I, I, you know, I want to, he's looking at this vehicle to really move on from corporate America and he desperately wants to get out. And, and, but he said, you know, hey, I'm just thinking about just, you know, quitting my job and just diving into this full force and, and, you know, getting in and working in the business. And I, and I said, hold on, hold on. I said, keep, it, keep your day job. Yeah. <laughs> because um, it, honestly, I, I, you know, it does make things a lot easier in the early ongoings. But to answer your question, yes, a, a very high percentage of our, um, partners actually keep their day job while doing this, at least initially mm-hmm. for a period um, and, and do it very effectively. And we, again, to, to our earlier conversation, we really like that because um, people that sometimes have more time on their hands and they know what to do with tend to just go and hang out in the business all day and then they drive the employees crazy. And I told you, we look at the numbers and again, our bottom third of the system in terms of performance they are the owner operators that we really don't want them in there. And it's hard mm-hmm. for them to look themselves in the mirror and say, Hey, you know, I need to get out of the, out of the business and hire. Well, make sure these proper people are properly trained and then let them do what they do, yeah. provide leadership to them. And so we like that model in fact. And, and so we have so many people that will look at this, keeping the executive position, a diversification and income play for themselves initially, but a long-term play, as you mentioned really well, looking down the road when they do want to say peace out to cor- corporate America on their own terms, they've got this residual income coming in. They've all already built equity in the business and they continue to scale that if they want to, but I'd say a pretty high percentage of our owners start off that way uh, that are already you know, still in a position and keep that position and do it really effectively. Um, it's, it's very counterintuitive to what people think, but I would say that, you know, the, the single unit owners that are the owner operators, uh, tend to get caught up in the weeds, um, if you will, in the day-to-day minutiae, where our executive owners that are in a position that are strategic about their leadership of, you know, managing the manager when they do, you know, spend a few hours with them, you know, once a week or whatever, whatever it is, they tend to be more effective because, again, they're they're more strategic with how they provide that leadership and how they grow their business. Yeah, no, it makes sense based on on so much of what you know, I've seen and, and even experienced through the, the franchises that we own. One is a manage the manager type model. And the other one, you know, my wife's kind of the, the owner operator. And, you know, definitely 
when you're the owner operator, you're, you're more apt to, to get in the way, right. Even when you don't have to be, um, so that, that makes good sense. And, and, um, the other thing I would add to that is that these days, especially there are a lot of franchise companies out there claiming to, to be semi absentee. And one of the conversations I always have with my candidates is look, semi absentee, if that's what you want, there are certainly franchise opportunities out there that, that, that is realistic. But one thing you got to realize is that a lot of different franchise companies have different definitions of what semi absentee really means. And you gotta, you gotta understand that. Right. And, and, you know, I can say that the, the franchise opportunities with exponential and, and your brands, you know, truly are, you know, designed for, for more of that semi absentee approach, but also, you know, provide the the pathway if, if what someone wants is to go out and, and really build an empire for themselves. So um, glad we were able to, to kind of talk through some of that. I mean, quickly in, in the last couple of minutes before we wrap this up, I know you've already, you know, hit on a few things around, you know, why now is an exciting time to, to be, you know, looking at getting into the boutique fitness space. But I mean, talk to us a little bit about what are some of the things you're most excited about you know, that are happening right now with Exponential and, and just kind of based on where you see in the company go from here? Oh, there's a lot there too, I guess. Um, but just so you have my perspective, maybe, um, again, 25 years in both fitness and in franchising. So I went through 08, you know, and so I think one of the things that people look at is, you know, hey, what happens when the next recession comes? Because it will, you know, it's, it's inevitable. And I try to coach people that, Fitness is, is one of four segments that actually continued to grow after 08. Mm. Um, if you, it, and that's just not what I think. It's the, the research will tell that story. So it grew from a $19 billion, billion industry in 08 to 2011 to a $21 billion industry. Um, wow. So what happens in, in downturns, recessionary times, is people travel less, they eat, eat out less, they spend less of their discretionary income on, on those things, but they actually focus more inward on health and wellness uh, mm -hmm. and beauty, believe it or not. And so that's why one of the re many reasons why we really like this space. I feel it's one of the more tried and true kind of bulletproof spaces that's been around for decades and decades. You know, our CEO likes to say, as we've been alluding to today, you know, the, the, the at home, the, you know, kitchen, the in-home kitchen has never replaced the restaurant, you know, no more than the, the Peloton will re replace, you know, in-person in fitness. In fact, I always say Peloton is the best thing that's ever happened to us. Uh, in mm -hmm. fact, the, Pel the Peloton member is our number one lead that we convert in CycleBar today. CycleBar is one of our top performing brands because of Peloton, because they're dumping millions and millions of dollars into marketing our space. But but again, people want that in-person community experience, like you mentioned with your wife, mm -hmm. people, people want that. So for us, I mean, I have to be careful about forecasting, uh, again, being a publicly traded company, but I'll tell you what we see, you know, um, our, I, I can say this because Anthony had this uh, Q2 earnings call and said our July, uh, you know, was our best uh, best ever in terms of system-wide revenues that we've ever had as a company to take, wow. kind of tell you where this company is at, you know, at this point. Um, and I, I guess I, I would say, you know, again, because 20% of our competition has, has gone away um, mm -hmm. and, and we're growing, we haven't had any permanent uh, closures. We continue to acquire modalities. What we're seeing now is, you know, we've seen all, all the members come back, but as you kind of alluded to, we're now seeing new segments coming in. We, mm -hmm. we largely saw segments that were, 
fairly active, wanting to engage in health and wellness and fitness before COVID, we're still seeing those people. But now after COVID, we're seeing people that were largely sedentary. They were on the couch and starting to realize that, you know, the, probably my best defense here is, is, you know, for these types of things is going to be to get myself healthy. And so we're seeing these kind of segments coming into our business now. So it's a really exciting time for us in terms of demand, utilization, our, our growth. Um, and, you know, again, we, see, we really see a lot of exciting things on the frontier for us as we continue to, to build our business um, with great franchise partners. And so um, the future is bright, I guess I would say for us, we're all excited about what's happening. Yeah, no doubt about it. Lots of exciting things happening now and and going forward. So, Lance, look, man, I really appreciate you making time to uh, to come on and and share, you know, everything that's going on with Exponential Fitness and and help the audience understand uh, the opportunities you have across your ten different brands. So, um, appreciate it. Where can people connect with you? Where can people, you know, learn more about Exponential? Whether they want to become a member or uh, just learn more about any of the specific brands. Well, uh, I'd, I'd probably probably prefer they come through you because you know you'll make sure that you know this is potentially a good match for them. Uh, and, but you know you can they can always reach us at info uh, at exponential.com and and you know drop drop the e. Make sure that you you know reference that you heard about us through through Wes uh, when when you check in with us. But uh, why I, I like you know referrals from from great consultants like you, Wes, is is that you know, we have a lot higher probability of, of a good match. And, and when I look at that match, you know, we're looking ultimately for happy franchise partners making money, you know, and I've yep. seen, you know, for us, when we have people coming through kind of organically thinking we get, we get on the other side of the foot, like we're talking about people that don't think this is boutique fitness is what they want to get into, but we have other people that think this is exactly what they want to do, but it's probably the furthest thing from what they should be doing, you know, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. People say, Oh, I want to do that but I, I, I hate employees. I'm like, well then, you know, this is <laughs> right. probably the business for you know, but I know you vet those things out uh, ahead of time to make sure that it aligns with their needs, values, and goals and what they're trying to achieve out of the business. Um, but, you know, I, I, I always say like when it does come down to employees in any retail business, I love our labor pool. In fact, we're not having the, the impacts that other spaces like uh, some of the airlines are at this point or yeah. others because our employee, you know, our instructor may make $50, $60 an hour. So they're not, you know, interested in sitting back and, and collecting an unemployment check or at a minimum wage. And they're really a passion employee. So it's a great labor pool yeah. to have. We don't need a lot of them, but you are going to have people working your business. So that's why I always try to yeah. share. It with you, so. Well, I, I appreciate that. Certainly, if, if you are interested in learning more about Exponential and any of their franchise opportunities, I'm more than happy to chat with you and, and see if it could be a fit. You know, we always have to look at territory availability, especially with Exponential, as many franchises as you guys are, are selling these days. But um, yeah, and then it's Exponential Fitness, no E, XPO, uh, you know, check out the website. They've got, you know, more information about all the brands if you're interested in becoming a member uh, I'm sure they can can get in touch with whoever they need to via the website. So again, Lance, man, really, really appreciate it. There's a ton packed into this episode. So I have no doubt anyone that listens is going to get a ton of value. Appreciate you. Appreciate everything you guys are building at Exponential and the way you're supporting your franchise partners. And thanks for dropping in here on the Path to Freedom podcast. Uh, so my pleasure. Always great hanging, you, hanging with you, Wes. And thanks for having me today. You got it, man. All right. Talk to you soon. Thanks.
That's a wrap. Thanks for joining me today and be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you'll know when a new episode is released. You can also check me out on my website at www.path2frdm.com. And if you want more information about franchising or just want to say hello, feel free to contact me at Wes at Path, the number two, frdm.com. Thanks again. Now go drop in.